and it's an overall a really beautiful, uh, magical experience. You can wake up in the morning and do yoga, uh, you can do sound healing in the afternoon. Um, yeah, everybody is so lovely there. It's, it's more than just a festival, it's a real experience. Welcome to Experiences You Should Have, your how-to guide for amazing experiences. And I am here at Podcast Movement, the biggest podcast conference in the world here in Orlando, Florida. And I came across a fabulous married couple, Christina and Aaron, and um you can they're part of an Australian podcast network. Um they help they help run that. And Christina also has a podcast called Stand Out and Get Noticed. So definitely check that out. But today we're gonna be taking you to a very magical place. We were just hanging out the other day and they they told me that they were from Australia. I'm like, what is that one? What's that one thing you should do in Australia? And their response was attending and being a part of the Rainbow Serpent Festival. Already it sounds amazing. So we are going to take you into a journey of the Rainbow Serpent Festival with Christina and Aaron. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Gail. Thanks for having us. Yeah, anytime. I mean, when you say rainbow and serpent, I'm extremely intrigued. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, this sounds incredible. Um, okay, let's let's take the listener there. Describe the Rainbow Serpent Music Festival in Australia. So Rainbow Serpent is it's a festival that's been running for about it's been twenty one years. Twenty one years now. And it's two hours west of Melbourne. So we're talking about down the very bottom of Australia. It's held in the summertime, so it's scorching hot during the day. Um, and it runs for five days and it's an, an electronic music festival. Um so what what the way that we do it is we we have a we have a car, we pack it full of costumes, tent, um, food, water, and we drive it all there. It's super hot and dusty, um, but you get there, you set up your tent, and um, it runs for, for five days, and the music goes all day and all night, and it's all types of electronic music. Um, it's not just music, it's also um, art and, and culture as well. And the whole atmosphere is super colourful, super bright. The people there are really, really friendly, and you just go there and you dance and you do you know workshops and classes you eat delicious food you hang out and meet beautiful people and um and it's an overall a really beautiful um uh, magical experience and the food there is fantastic you can wake up in the morning and do yoga uh you can do sound healing in the afternoon um yeah everybody is so lovely there it's it's more than just a festival. It's a real experience. Yeah, and they really build a community around it um, as well. And they put a lot of effort in. So each year there's um, like different art pieces. So they they get they get artists to they commission artists to um, put together you know different pieces of of art and sculptures. So it's a real visual feast. And then at night time all the lights just come on up and there's lasers and projections so there's like one particular one hill where they'll have these 
like projections over the grass that makes it look like a carpet, like a moving carpet. Oh, wow. Um, and the whole place just comes to life. And you can, from the campground, you can hear the music just pounding like through the ground, like doom, 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 doom. <laughs> and the atmosphere is just electric. And um, they also have a massive Tesla ball there as well with the lightning coming off it and just random stuff. Yeah. Oh, and everyone, oh, not everyone, but a lot of people will dress up. One time we were there and I was sitting on the hill and over the hill came every Mario Kart character <laughs> and around their stomach was a cardboard cutout of the little car they drove and they were all in a line just walking around the festival. And, and then there was another guy who was in, and you got to remember, it's 40 degree heat, which is like over 100 for Americans. It's hot. Uh, there was a guy in all ski gear with um, the, the skis on, with the... Cross-country skis. Cross-country skiing. <laughs> it's like cross-country skiing on, around. On, on, yeah, <laughs> around the whole place. And we were like, he is committed. That is that is commitment. Wow. And there, was, there was another couple, I remember one year, we knew them actually. They were in full army, like military camouflage gear. And they had a huge sign on a stick. We call them doof sticks. Uh-huh. Where it's, because it's like, a, it's a, we call the festival, it's a doof. Um, and you have a stick with a huge sign on it that you carry around. And on the sign it said, one, two, three, four, I declare a thumb war. I don't know. Do you have thumb war? We, we, we do have thumb war. Yeah. I, haven't, I haven't done it in a really long yeah. time. And so what they had was, so they had, I declare a thumb war and they'd made a mini like boxing ring that you would put your thumb into <laughs> and have an actual thumb, thumb war, war with them. So the amount of effort that people go to, mm. um, to really like make the most out of this festival and not just entertain themselves, but entertain others just for the fun of it. it it's just beautiful. Oh, there was also once a guy there in a, proper velociraptor suit oh that was the best and it was like mechanical when he was walking around he had like a handler and everything and it would have been uh, you know 50 degrees for him and people love that kind of stuff like people will they'll spend a fortune on costumes and, and it's all just for the people there yeah wow i mean this sounds like an experience you should have i mean it is this is, is. going to take you to new horizons. Yeah. You're going to see stuff you've never seen before. Absolutely. Now, okay, it's called a rainbow serpent. What's the meaning behind this rainbow serpent? The rainbow serpent is uh, um, uh, dream a dream time myth from the first Australians, the Aboriginal culture in Australia. Uh-huh. If you don't know about them, look them up. Uh, they're one of the oldest, oldest culture. living cultures in the world. And the rainbow serpent is their creation, one of their creation myths. Okay. So the story is that, correct me if I'm wrong, Aaron, but the story is that the rainbow serpent, um, he like snaked through the landscape and carved out the the, the rivers and the gorges. Like that's. I think so. Yeah, I think it's a bit more detailed yeah, yeah. than that, but that's that's the general one. But there's books on it, and you know, do your research. It is a it is a beautiful story. Wow, this is already getting even better. So, so you come to this festival, you see lots of colors, costumes, and your eyes are taken for an extreme delight. But really, why? Why this festival? Why should someone go and experience this? So I had never been to an electronic music festival 
up until 2016. So 2016 was the first year that I went and Aaron invited me and we weren't even together at the time. We just knew each other um, and, he's, and he was raving about it. He, no pun intended. <laughs> he was like, you got to come to this festival. And I was like, oh, okay, sounds interesting. So I, I roped in my sister. I was like, let's go. And, and we ended up starting dating before before that first festival. I don't know if that was like a tactic of his, but um, but we went there and I didn't know what to expect. And as a first timer, it was very overwhelming at the start because there's people everywhere. There's like pounding music everywhere. That's crazy, like sights and sounds. And um, but it, so it took me a good 24 hours to really get into the groove. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, if you've never done something like this before, it can be a bit overwhelming, but um, but, and I, but now I've been back four times um, and I keep going back because the people there are just beautiful and it's the community that, that brings me back. Something that I've experienced there that I'd never experienced before up until that point was going to a massive event where people are genuinely friendly and people are there to talk to you and like someone will bump you and turn around and go, Oh, I'm so sorry. You know, and that doesn't happen when you're at, at like a rock concert. Like people don't give a crap um, about other people at, at other events. Um, you know, I remember like we walked past a group of people who had a, like a, a huge picnic rug. And as we walked past, they were like, Oh, Hey, do you want to join us? And it's like, what? And they're like, they shared our food with us. And you'll get people coming around just offering you like, you know, chips and like avocado dip. And <laughs> and people are just, we, there was one guy walking around with a fruit platter. Oh, yeah, right? a massive fruit platter. Uh, and then another guy who had the biggest box of Fruit Loops I'd ever <laughs> seen. And he was at the end of the dance floor. And I sidled up next to him and I was like, Nice box of Fruit Loops, and he just <laughs> offered them to me. Everything, people are just very generous yeah. there, mm-hmm. and they were just gifts. Yeah. So this guy with the fruit platter, it was like over a hundred degrees, right? In the campgrounds, it's dusty, it's hot, the sun's beating down, and there's a guy walking around with a platter like he's a waiter at a fancy restaurant, going, "Would you like some fruit?" <laughs> to like random people, and never have I had I experienced that before, where strangers will just open up to you and you know, there'll be people coming up to you going, oh my God, I love your outfit. Can I have a hug? You know, and and that it was just, yeah, it's just amazing when you experience that. And you think to yourself, why can't we be like this all the time? Mm-hmm. You know, why mm-hmm. do we have to go to a festival to experience genuine, genuine generosity and, and niceness, mm-hmm. you know, where people will just talk to you um, with no fear of judgment? You know, and I think that's another big reason why I I continue to go is that you can just go there and be as silly and outrageous as you possibly want to be and no one's going to judge you for it. And in fact, you can guarantee that there is someone who is crazier and more outrageous than you. <laughs> so you can just go all out. And it is it is a bit sad to think that we have to, well, you know, going to an event like this is where you can, where people feel really comfortable to express themselves mm-hmm. fully. We should be able to do that anywhere. Um, but it's so nice to be able to, like, and a lot of people don't feel comfortable to be flamboyant and dress up and express themselves on a day-to-day basis. Right. So Rainbow provides an opportunity for people to do that. It sounds like it's a place where your alter ego can come out. You know, you've got your business hat, you've got your... You've got your family hat or maybe, and this is a place where 
you can shed those hats and just enjoy yeah. and be a part of the community. Yeah. Like no one at never during the festival will someone say, so what do you do? Yeah, no like, one asks you what you do for a job. <laughs> nah, no, no one cares. That is never a question. Because there's no, no one cares who you are, how much you earn, what level you are, what status you're at, what car you drive. No one cares. No one cares what your job is. Like we're all there as people enjoying each other's company. It's mm. the ultimate equalizer. Yeah. Ooh, I love this. I absolutely love this. I love leveling the playing field. And bringing people together. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Oh, that's beautiful. That is well said. Now, when you talk about the high heat, Mm. the dust, the (laughs) costumes, the first thing that comes to my mind is Burning Man. You know, it's it's an event. I mean, this is a true event in the U.S. It's huge on the middle of the desert. I think it's actually going on right now. And... And that's what this reminds me of. Is it similar to Burning Man and and what makes it different? We've been to Burning Man and Burning Man is more the way we viewed it. It's it's quite an expensive experience, Burning Man, especially coming from overseas. Um, we would have spent between seven and sort of twelve, thirteen thousand dollars to go to Burning Man when we Australian went. Australian or US? Australian. Australian. So that's thirty percent less for you for you Americans. Um, and that's being conservative to be honest. We okay. probably spent more. Where Rainbow Serpent, the cost is a lot lower and the demographic it's not a drinking demographic there. It's not uh, it's, it's for people who are looking like a lot of families go there. It is, it is all ages where Burning Man was less like that. Mm-hmm. I, I did see a couple of kids, but mm. at Rainbow Serpent, there's a campground that's for families. Okay. So you can go there and be straight edged and not drink and not do drugs and, and have a totally awesome time. It's not a necessity. I found Burning Man to be a heavy drinking culture. Okay. With some drugs there. I would say Burning, I would say Rainbow Serpent is more, there are more drug takers, but there are also a lot of families. There's also a lot of straight edge people there. Okay. For me, the biggest difference is, well, firstly, the size. So Rainbow Serpent, there's like 25,000 people there. Burning Man is 80,000 people. Um, also Rainbow Serpent is a music arts and culture festival. Um, so the primary reason people go there is, is the music, like the focus is on the music. Burning Man is more of that overall experience. Like the music is one component, but you've got like all the theme camps that are giving away food and alcohol. And like, you could go to Burning Man and not dance at all. Like not Mm. like you could Mm -hmm. just hang out going to workshops and doing all the random stuff. So something that like was made very clear to us when we went to Burning Man was people like, it's not a festival, it's an experience. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like, all right, fine, fine, fine. Um, so, yeah, I think that like we went there with the thought that it was a festival because we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, we thought but, it would be more about music. Yeah. But I found Burning Man, for me, the focus was the, the installation art, which was super Yeah, that was amazing. Yeah. And like Burning Man was, has, was like one of the best experiences of my life that I've ever oh, had. Wow. Like that was 
incredible, um, largely due to the size of it and the amount of stuff that's going on. But that's like another conversation. Sure. But so, but sure. Rainbow is incredible in its own right. You know, it's a different thing. It's a different experience. Now, you were talking about cost, and you're you're speaking about the cost of Burning Man and how uh, Rainbow Serpent is much cheaper. Um, let's break down the cost of how much does it actually cost to go there? What should you budget to go outside of your plane ticket? Um, how much does the festival ticket cost? And then what are those other things that our listeners need to know about? And I understand that you're going to be giving those costs in Australian dollars, which is, again, a 30% discount to Americans. Americans. So you can do it on the cheap. So a a ticket is about between three and $400, depending on they have a first-round ticket, a second-round ticket, and a final ticket. So get in early, tickets are a bit cheaper, $330, something like that, then all the way up to $400. Um, if you don't have a tent, uh, it might cost you 100, 200, 300 bucks for a tent, depending on sort of what tent you want. You'll need to get up there. There is a bus that mm. you can jump on. I think it's maybe under 100 bucks for the bus. It oh, might it's like 50? 50 return. Um, or you could rent a car. Renting a car might, uh, renting a car would be five or 600 bucks for the week. Or like the very first time I went, I took a, an RV. And that was, for the five days, it was about $1,100. Food, you're looking at between $30 and $50 a day? Like each meal, the food there is delicious. Oh, okay. And um, each meal would be like 15 bucks yeah. for like okay. a good lunch and then like a dinner. Um, you can't buy alcohol there. Yes. You could, but you bring it, people bring in their own alcohol. But, but like no glass. No glass. Okay. So no glass because they do go through your car because they want to keep it safe for everyone. So people will like pour their booze into like plastic bottles. But like we said before, it's not a huge drinking festival, Mm -hmm. um, but you can bring in as much food as you want as well. Oh, great. Absolutely. Now, where, where is the festival and how do you get there? It's in a place called Lexton. It's a, it's a private, private property. It's about two hours northwest of Melbourne so there's buses that will take you there from from downtown Melbourne so if Mm -hmm. you're in the city it's very easy to get there um, on the bus or like Aaron said you could drive I'd say if you're coming from overseas I would recommend um, getting an RV so that you don't have to buy a tent and get rid of it because that's just that's wasteful in my opinion Um, because at least with an RV you can just drive there and sleep in it Um, they also have tents set up for you there so if you pay a little bit more okay. actually it's not a little bit it's probably a, a fair bit but if you pay more for your ticket um they have a, a place called sleepy hollow which is tents already set up so you embed set up so you just pay rock up and sleep there perfect so that that would work well the other thing you could get is you don't have to get like a, a massive rv you could get one of the little vans and that would mm. be half the price that'd be between three and five hundred dollars for one of those um yeah. juicy vans okay yeah. now if if you're looking to rent a van or an RV, is is there a particular site you recommend? Oh, there's plenty. Of, there's like those comparison, those car okay. yeah, rental comparison. Use a comparison sites. site. Yeah. Yeah. All right, get a good deal. 
Yeah. Now, when you're at the festival, um, would you say that it's accessible? Like, do you see uh, maybe people in wheelchairs or maybe people with limited mobility? Uh, is it easy to get around? Look, uh, we we walk a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I end up doing like 30,000 steps a day, um, which is massive. So it definitely, like, yeah, there's a lot of walking to be had. Um, some people take bicycles to cycle around. It's all it's it's all grass and quite hilly. So yeah, I but, would say... But I have seen people there on mobility scooters. Okay. Definitely. Yep. So people have those the electric ones. It's not electric sandy. Ones. It's it's a hard ground. So I, I would think that would be okay. Okay. Hmm. And and maybe if you need to get around on a trike, maybe I could look up and see if there's uh, any trike rental places if you want to maybe get around that oh, yeah. uh, to help with the walking. Yeah. Or you could go on like Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree and. What's Gumtree? Um, so Gumtree's like Craigslist. Okay. But the Australian version. The Australian version. version. Oh, <laughs> very cool. You just got to be careful that because like your bike might get nicked if you don't yeah, lock it. You got to lock it up. It might get stolen. Nicked. Oh, you sorry. might not know what that <laughs> <Okay>. means. So, <laughs> nicked is stolen. <laughs> That's some Aussie slang for you. <laughs> what do we need to know about going to Australia? What if you're going to a restaurant or if you're buying food there? Are, are you supposed to tip or mm. not tip or... Tipping is not uh, – look, people tip, but they only tip if they want. The service – if the service is good and you like it, you can tip. We – like, I would only ever tip in Australia uh, if the service was really good. Our – the workers who work at restaurants and things like that, they're paid a lot better than the American workers, so I guess – that's why you you tip here, correct? Right, correct. So yeah, we don't look. They're not the best paid workers, but they're you know they're on twenty, twenty five, thirty bucks an hour. Like okay. they're not they're not relying on tips for their for their income. Yeah. Um, what other customs can we talk about? Um, Australia has a pretty relaxed kind of vibe about it, so there's not really anything you need to know as far as Ooh, what's drive culturally on, Drive acceptable. on the left. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't have a head on smash. That That's one thing, I guess. Um, but, yeah, it, it's a pretty relaxed culture. Um, it's not that dissimilar to America. You know, we all we all speak English. You know, the the roads are good. Um, uh, local plane fares are pretty cheap. You know, so our coffee's really, really good. Oh, our food is really, really <laughs> good. So you you'll be in for a treat as far as eating and transport and things like that. It's you know, uh, it's it's a fairly affluent society. A lot of a lot of Australia. So. Okay, so let's say you go to this festival, you have an incredible time, and maybe you just want to extend your trip um, another week or so. Where would you suggest someone hitting up next? Well, we're from Melbourne, so we love Melbourne. Mm -hmm. Um, Most Americans, from what I from what I have experienced, when they think of Australia, they think Sydney, Mm -hmm. Um, because that's the most, I guess, publicized you know, tourist destination. Sure. Um, Sydney, I I feel has, it's got those like sites to go and see, like the Harbour Bridge and the mm-hmm, Opera House. Mm-hmm. Melbourne is more about you come and you experience it. You come and hang out, you go see a show, you might go to a sporting match, 
you, you know, you'll hang out in the cafes, enjoy the food, like go explore the laneways, you know, and that's, and that's what I love about Melbourne. Um, in terms, in terms of like things to go see and do, I always recommend people go check out the, um, the Great Ocean Road. So if you've got a car already and you've, you've gone to Rainbow Serpent, you can take a drive um, down the Great Ocean Road and it's considered one of the best drives in the world, I believe. Because okay. you drive down along the coast and you see the beautiful like cliffs and there's um, awesome beachside towns all the way down. And if you like surfing or you're into surfing at all, you know that this is the surf coast part of Victoria. You know, if you're there at the right time, you want to stay an extra couple of, if you're staying, you know, a month or two, you could go to the Bells Classic, which is one of the most famous surf competitions. I guess the other thing, if you had a couple of weeks, I would suggest to go and experience the Aboriginal culture. You can go to um, the Northern Territory. You can go to WA, some of the more remote places. They are super beautiful. You know, it's a little bit more expensive, but worth the effort. Yeah, so you can get on a plane and fly up to Darwin and go to the Kakadu National Park. Um, that's where that's where it is, right? Up yeah, there. it's it's called Uluru. Oh, so Uluru is the the, the rock, giant rock you is... see in all the pictures of okay. Australia. Okay, okay. Um, so that, but you definitely have to fly to get there. Um, yeah, so you definitely need more time and you need to fly yeah. up there. But um, oh, I just thought of something. So there's um, after Rainbow Serpent as well, if you want to like relax a little bit, you could always go to a little town called Dalesford and that's a a country town. It's actually the gay capital of Australia. Okay, cool. Um, Sydney siders may disagree, but, you know, it's a small town and it's it's like most gay friendly, you know, um, place and they have a lot of day spas there. So after you've been like dancing and walking around, you can go get a massage and get go pampered. get pampered and just wind down. So that's a, a really nice thing to do as well. Oh, it sounds perfect. And finally, it sounds like you guys like good food, as have you mentioned. If you're going to be flying in and out of Melbourne, um, do you have any restaurant suggestions for, for people to hit up before before they head out or maybe as they come in? Well, it depends what you like, really. It, sure, depends, how, like? it depends how much you want to spend. Um, well, one of my favorite places, so we're, we've got great Asian food. Okay. Great Asian food. Um, I would recommend a place called Hutong Dumplings. It's a dumplings place in the city. It's not expensive and they do amazing, amazing food there. But you might have to line up to get in. <laughs> and I know this might be sacrilegious to Americans, but if you want to be taught what a real burger is, oh. go to either Fat Jack's in St Kilda or Burger Love in St Kilda. I saw 25 Americans walk in the last time I was there and they all started eating and they were all doing that thing where they were staring at each other like, oh my God, best burger ever. <laughs> so, and it's... it's um. It's fantastic. It's it's one of those ones where you'll be extremely surprised at how well we do a meal that is a staple over here. Yeah. Wow. We we do we actually do really good American food. Yes. Oh my God. But the thing is like our produce is beautiful. So all of the different ingredients they use are really high quality. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's that's what we recommend. For something a bit more high end, one of my favorites is a place called um Cumulus Inc. Uh-huh. Cumulus Inc. Um, they do they do beautiful like um, 
they call it like there's this new there's a cuisine they call it like modern Australian or like or like Australian fusion. There's like a lot of Asian fusion mm-hmm. restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, so and for that for Asian fusion, I would recommend Chin Chin. Chin Chin's really nice, but a lot of these places they're like so trendy. You can't even <laughs> you can't book them. Okay, you got to line up. So you got to get in super early. You got to get there at like five thirty to line up. Um, I wouldn't wait like. Two hours, like some people do. I'd rather just get there super early and get a table. And there are um, two streets where there will be multiple restaurants. One is Chapel Street. There'll be a lot of pretty good restaurants there, uh, which is in Paran, which is 10 minutes out of the city. And in the city, there's another one called Flinders Lane, mm. which has a, a plethora of great restaurants. Or Like we went to a... British game restaurant uh, a couple of months ago and it was awesome. Like we were eating rabbit and all kinds of stuff. Really high end, really well done. Beautiful. I believe we have covered this episode. Truly, thank you so much for coming on the show. I truly appreciate it. Thanks, Gail. Yeah, we, we enjoyed um, promoting our town. And like my voice is held out because like, yeah. we've been at so many parties, this podcast movement. Every and I can't talk night. Yeah, every night. Yes. <laughs> and the music is pumping and it's ruining all these podcasters' voices. Yeah, and we're like, we're trying to record podcasts and edit and we can't, he- we can't speak or hear anything. Yes, and same goes for me, as you can hear. Mm. This has been a, it's been a really fun week, though. Extremely yeah. fun week. And, and for your listeners out there, Definitely check out experiencesyoushouldhave.com, click on episode, and and click on this episode for Rainbow Serpent, and there you will find a full detailed article about everything we spoke about with links and more information about how to make this experience happen. So definitely check it out. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review, only if you loved it, and Please tell a friend, uh, your coworker, your your mom, your enemy, whoever it is about this podcast because we are an indie podcast and we are growing one listener at a time. So please uh, share this with your friends and family. And until next time for an amazing experience that you should have. Mm-hmm.